Socks are the number one most requested item in homeless shelters. Underwear is the second, shirts are third. At Bombas, socks were first. Made with comfortable details for everyday wearing. Then underwear and shirts too. All designed to perfectly fit. At Bombas, every item you purchase means you're donating an essential clothing item to someone in need. One comfortable clothing item for you, one donated to someone in need. Bombas. Comfort for all. Get 20% off your purchase at bombas.com slash comfy. Welcome to the Barker Podcast Collection. I suck, you suck, I suck at Call of Duty. Not Playing Podcast. My name's Rob Howard and today I'm joined by Marcus Hurley and Will. We were, I think, almost going to just skip recording this month and go to and wait for the new consoles to come out, but um, Star Wars Squadrons came out and I I was like, well, I, I wasn't even sure if I was going to get it because I was waiting for the reviews, um, but on paper, this game kind of sounded like the game I've been waiting for for years. For so long, in fact, that I, I'd even forgotten that I was waiting for it. So, um, I know yeah, like. I mean, ever since uh, like VR came about, um, I've been sort of pining for there to be a, a AAA sort of... Well, I wouldn't say this is AAA. I mean, it's not AAA priced. But just something that was really high quality. High quality, yeah. Yeah. Uh, space game, which is the... It's so suited to VR, it's unbelievable. Because you haven't got to worry about, uh, you know, your how much space you've got, um, you know, and all the crazy different inputs. You just it need a hotel. You need a joystick or a controller works just fine. But if you've got a, if you've got the HOTAS set up, it works even better. Um and so that VR, so, right, yeah, what's a hotel per- setup? Uh, it's um, oh, it's uh, oh god, I can't remember what it stands for. It's Is like it basically a joystick. It's the it's, aircraft layout, twin setup, thrust and direction control. Can't remember what it stands for. Something tactical, something like that. But yeah, yeah, I'm just finding it. <clears throat> yeah, it's called hands-on throttle and stick. That's it. Is yeah. what it stands for. So joystick, you've got your man. throttle that goes up and down on one side, and you've got a normal joystick on the other that also rotates uh you know around its uh z axis as well so um it allows you to do uh like your barrel rolls and stuff as well as your left to right pitch and oar and all that god I, I i'm not an aircraft expert or enthusiast in the slightest otherwise but you did i would have to been, have one i did happen to have one uh yes so which i bought for elite uh many moons ago um and that also featured vr but had a very uh, because Elite has a is a bit more there's a bit more to that game, um, so it's awkward to kind of play that look at the map. Although according to my boss, I've been informed that that has improved immensely over time, uh, and so uh, he he hasn't been able to be tempted away from Elite even in the wake of this because wow. obviously this is sort of in the same wheelhouse. But yeah, this is Star Wars, and it's it's basically um, X-wing versus Tie Fighter Redux, you know, uh, for this uh, generation. Uh, 
having skipped several previous generations, um, this is as close as you get to the classic X-Wing and TIE Fighter games of old. Um, so is it a multiplayer job, single player, a bit of both? Well, it is a bit of both, and uh, yeah, it's got a, it's got a fairly uh, it's got a fairly extensive campaign. Uh, I've been I've, according to the internet, it's about eight hours. Um, but for a for a for a game that I'm playing in VR, uh, that's plenty. Um, having I can play one, maybe two missions before it gets a bit much because it is fucking intense. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it really is. Um, I mean, it's it's absolutely. I mean, I've tried it both ways, mostly because I, I mean, I will admit my uh, current PC is not really my choice of PC gaming rig. It's what works sent to me uh, and was slightly better than what I had before, um, and that basically comes in at the minimum spec of what they say you need for VR for this game. Um, so I've had a few little wobbles with frame rate, and I did play online once. Um, in in one of these fleet battles where you are basically in groups or squadrons, funnily enough, for this is called Star Wars Squadrons. Ah. Unless I, yeah. Um, and so you'll be in a squadron of of, uh, of rebel versus imperial, and you'll basically have to take down the other team's capital ship, which may be a storm a star destroyer or uh, or like a rebel frigate. Um, and so, and, and there's quite a cool sort of ebb and flow to these battles. Like, we definitely found that, um, you know, we were fighting and it, we were getting owned completely. But uh, after a few minutes, we seemed to have turned the tide as we were kind of getting more used to our ships. But I've kind of sacked off multiplayer now because I feel like I need to know the ships better. There's all kinds of systems that I'm learning through the single player game that I had no clue about whatsoever like diverting shields to front or, or back <laughs> or being able to target subsystems of of ships and and, and what your radar actually gives you um also drifting which i've just been taught uh by a ai pilot on my team and you learn that by basically racing over this star destroyer and engaging your boost when your throttle is at max and then just gunning it left. So you sort of do this sort of drift as you would in a car, you know, uh, in Japan or wherever. Space drift. You had a, yeah. I don't know so, why I've got this mental image, and I know the functionality wouldn't be there, but to perfect it, I've got this, I've got this mental image, you're sitting there and you're immersed in this dogfight, but I'm thinking of Star Wars, and if only, and maybe next generation will see it, it's got the, uh, the better voice recognition capability. If you can shout out, you know, R2, shift shields to the front or whatever. Bring that sort of stuff in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, uh, actually, droid the people watching that. you. Yeah. yeah. No, it's funny. No, there was. I was using a, a voice comm program to uh, basically uh, help out with some of the various commands that I didn't have a button for uh, in Elite. That's how crazy that game was. Like right. twelve button Hotas setup isn't enough. <laughs> <laughs> so uh that was pretty mad but uh god that was a while back now but anyway yeah the single player campaign is very cool there's like a prologue that takes place four years before the main events and um and that introduces you to some of the characters in the game uh right at the beginning there's kind of a um uh like a uh someone ch- turns uh changes sides 
there's like a betrayal um, and that sort of sets up one of the main characters in the game. Um, in between missions, you actually get to chat to your uh, crew, uh, the, the members of your squadron, and you're in VR, obviously, so they are as big as you are, or bigger in my case. Um, <laughs> How do you set your height? <laughs> well, I have to... Actually, as soon first thing I had to do when I uh, set my VR up for this was I had to put a cushion under my seat. Because... Uh, <laughs> Because you're, the way you're that, flying a spaceship with a booster seat. Yeah, well, I would have to because I'm short. So, but it's it's hilarious because you because you please tell me someone said, "Aren't you a little short to be a pilot?" Yeah, no, but I did think that immediately. But you, you, there's like a button you press. Like, so I'm sat here, right, and I'm like, I've got my joysticks there, and I've got my VR helmet on, and I press, I press like one of these buttons on my joystick, and that orient that sort of uh, calibrates your view, and I kept being very annoyed that the seat, the X-Wing cockpit was up here. Like, and, and so I was having to constantly do this or look to the side to actually get a bead on anyone that I was uh, shooting at. So I thought, fuck this, I'm going to have to uh, em- employ some sort of booster seat. Uh, but it works, it works fine just with one single cushion. So, so and it's, I'm, and it's I'm curious how that works with everyone else, because obviously I'd imagine there's some sort of avatar representation of you in your spaceship or your fighter. So would everyone else see you as one of those sort of senior drivers, you know, with, uh, uh, with just like your eyes poking out the side, <laughs> barely seeing above the wheel? <laughs> I don't know if they render the pilots in game as as proper people. I don't know if they bother doing that because you're not actually shooting the pilot, are you? You're shooting the ships that you're flying after. But some games do do that one-to-one representation and it's normally one-to-one. Um, I, it might just be the way I have my sensors here set up. I have the very first version of the Oculus Rift that has to have that you have the tracking sensors for. If I had one of the more recent versions, then it's got inside-out tracking, and you don't need that. Um, so yeah, that's that. Um, I so yeah, I'm about three. I'm on the fourth mission of the campaign. I'm now back with the Imperials. Um, before that, I was able to uh, try out an A-wing which uh, is different to an X-Wing in that uh, it's faster um, and the guns on it. I mean, I think you can you can amend all the, the guns and your shields and your engines and you can tweak them. Like if you want something that goes a bit faster, but is slightly more vulnerable, you can tweak that outside of the ship categories. Um, so it's quite in-depth, actually. It reminded me quite a lot of the old games in that way. Um, but yeah, like with the A-Wing, you're a lot faster, but you've got a shorter range on your guns, but they fire quicker. So you can like, I mean, it was a lot easier to kind of keep a bead on like slower ships like a Thai bomber. And I was just like, it's so great when you're in VR. The the, the best thing is that you can, if, if a Thai bomber flies past you, you can turn your head, track it. If you can get your throttle down quick enough, you can like, you can, you can um, maneuver yourself to such a point that you can keep a bead on him, allowing you to lock, uh, get a missile lock quicker, all kinds of little things. Um, you can get supplies, you can uh, call in for supplies mid-mission if you run out of uh, missiles or countermeasures. Um, there's all kind of nice little mechanics there to, to keep it fun. Um, I mean, I'm in VR, I'm playing it on the lowest difficulties, lowest detail settings possible to get it to run at a decent rate. Um, and it still looks incredible um, because, you know, it doesn't matter how many uh, special effects or 
high detail textures you throw at a game, nothing can beat that sense of movement that you get from being fully immersed. So, yeah, I'd say this is a this is a, a, a I wouldn't necessarily say a killer app for VR, but it's an incredible uh, application of that technology. Um, and I'm glad that you know I after I, I will admit you know I've it has I did have to dust off my VR headset because I've not used it very much. But um, when I saw this was coming out, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, that just seems ideal. And uh, it's a nice little uh, surprise at the end of this generation, I think. Yeah, yeah. brilliant. Sounds good. Speaking of the end of the generation. Mm. <laughs> yeah, we thought we'd uh, close out. Uh, well, thought we before we get on to our next generation in a few weeks' time uh, with the PS5 and the Xbox One X launch, thought we'd uh, maybe go over some of the highlights of the last seven years, is it? I think so. Something like that. I mean, almost this podcast has been going almost as long or around as about as long as, uh, as this generation has been going. Mm. Um, But rather than just focusing on, on like specific games as we did a few months back on episode 200, um, there's like a few sort of events or, trends or things like that that have occurred that I thought we'd highlight who wants to start well I think we've uh, I mean obviously you've just been talking about virtual reality and I think in its current form when when did Oculus come around I would see this as a part of what's happened this generation so obviously PC gaming's a separate thing oh definitely well it's PlayStation VR kind of made it even if momentarily made it kind of mainstream um, and it was it was enough to pull Microsoft kind of almost into it with talk of like the HoloLens and stuff um, was on the brink of being teamed up with the Xbox consoles. I think um, not out of the game yet. Yeah, I know. But it was just the idea of the whole Project Scarlet, which turned out to be the Xbox One X. I think the HoloLens was going to link up to that as well. Um, admittedly, it was kind of like they were playing it safe with Minecraft when they showed it off. But it was kind of, you know, I think PlayStation did enough of an impact for them to consider this is worth looking into. I'm actually it'd be quite interesting because obviously there was the whole at the start of the generation there was the Connect debacle yes. where they oh, said yeah. the uh, the Xbox One was going to be every Xbox One was going to be equipped with Connect, yeah. taking away the uh, processing power and giving every giving Microsoft a view into every Xbox owner's living room. Yep. And, oh, yeah. uh, and uh, I, frankly, I've Google mine's still un- unconnected that already now. Mine's still unconnected. In fact, I looked in my Xbox box and wondered what the hell that was still in there. <laughs> Lifted yeah. up a bit of cardboard and went, "Oh, it's a Connect," and then put it back away. <laughs> Uh, so it was an yeah. Xbox box, not an Xbox One Xbox. An Xbox One <laughs> Xbox One box on top of a ward, uh, bookcase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, um, uh, Oculus, yeah, Oculus were founded in 2012, um, and it was 20, uh, 20, mid-2014 was the DK2. Right, um, so in this then, gen, I would say. But, yeah, but the Rift that I have was released in March 2016. But Which seems I thought it was longer ago than that. Don't forget, you also had this little thing going on between the Oculus Rift and the HTC Verve, and that was the main. Five. Was it the Verve five? five, five. That was it, five. and that was the main thing pushing VR because you had these two companies 
taking the trouble with the HTC point... verb, Marcus, is the plugs don't work. <laughs> no, it just make you worse. <laughs> but I know you're seeing VR again. <laughs> but, uh, Ooh, yeah. but yeah, no, I mean, that, that for me, that I mean, even as someone who wasn't as interested in VR, the way that those companies were going at it at one point, really, and at one point it looked like the Vive was the better option. Um, and then they, and then you had the uh, Samsung Gear VR as well. The thing um, about that was Vive, a gimmick. I know, but the, it was the fact that all that VR had become so far that it was actually on the brink of being mass marketed to everyone, and that was when Sony had a look at their Move controllers and went, "We're going to jump in as well." Yeah, and yeah. I think if it hadn't been so on the cru- on the cusp of being household goods. I don't think PlayStation VR would have happened. No. I mean, they would have uh, saved it for this generation. And there was also a lot, because of those two things, uh, a massive uh, community had formed around it, and there was a lot of like stuff that was going to be, they could port onto PlayStation VR straight away. Wow. The thing, the, the differentiator, really, because as someone who was very much up for buying one of these things, and did <laughs> in the end, um, the HTC Vive, uh, what their deal was, was it was room scale. And it wasn't too long before Oculus kind of went that way as well, but they were always, they've always been more interested in uh, portability and form factor and, and stand alone. That's the way Oculus have gone, and that's where, where they're going now. Hmm. Um, in fact, I think they're no longer going to be producing any kind of tethered headset anymore. Uh, they're letting uh, the the uh, Valve Index, which superseded the Vive recently, be the kind of gold standard for that. And there may be other minor uh, manufacturers, but I think they're just letting Steam have it. It's interesting, um, <laughs> And yeah, obviously PlayStation have got their own thing. I mean, I'd be I'd be very interested in uh, a second generation Sony VR headset. Oh, if yes. it's anything to stop me spending multiple <laughs> thousands on a gaming PC to run an index, I just don't want to do that. I like having money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but the next one's not going to cost money. It's going to cost a chunk of your actual soul. <laughs> your soul, yeah, yeah. Fuck me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, no I mean, obviously, obviously we can't not mention the fact that this very podcast early iteration was spurred on by VR. Pretty much, yeah. If Pat hadn't been so enthusiastic about banging on about VR for an hour every week, <laughs> this probably never would have happened. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Thanks, it's funny. I, I don't think I ever finished one of those episodes when I was just a listener. <laughs> but you slept very he well, did. William. <laughs> That's it. Um, That's it, yeah. No, yeah, he, no. Did. he was definitely passionate about that and still is. So, so uh, speaking of expansions and the way that worlds and stuff have gone beyond our living room, should we move on to open world games? Because that was something that, whilst open world not being something entirely new, the idea of calling Assassin's it open Creed. world. Exactly, you had Assassin's Creed. But before that, you had Warcraft and everything else where you could traverse Great Plains and Guild Wars and stuff. But the idea of a character and you literally have this almost sandbox that you can go... And the story is, it's either a collection of different sandboxes or one great big massive map and you have to, you're either guided from point to point or you choose your own path. I think that wasn't something we saw on consoles, which is... It certainly wasn't something we saw. We had the Elder Scrolls games uh, mm. and not a lot else, but what, what I would certainly say is that the, 
the open world has evolved hugely. I mean, Breath of the Wild, this generation, although I didn't like the game particularly, uh, I, I understand it as a, a masterpiece in freedom and emergent gameplay when you can decide essentially how you want to tackle a challenge due to these physics-like mechanisms. Um, it's an absolute. Uh, similarly, but differently, the Far Cry games, and, and to an extent the Assassin's Creed games, but uh, less so. Um, but in Far Cry, you've now got the processing power to, in, these, um, in these open worlds that all sorts of shit is just going on around you. These worlds are populated with people and with animals, and you turn a corner and the animals are attacking the people, and you can get mm-hmm. involved, and that fight tumbles into an enemy base, and suddenly this story emerges when really before you would have these pre-set NPCs patrolled a place... And that is what they did. I, th- I think the the power that we've had in this generation has really enabled better stuff. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah, I mean, it's it's difficult to sort of trace like exactly where that uh, transition came along because I mean, I, I, Grand Theft Auto Five was the generation before this one. Hmm. You know, um, but you also had so the, the Just Cause games. I don't know how far back they went. I know they were basically like the Madness Sandpit games. Um, I've never really played. Them and you also had I... what were those other ones? Um, oh God, one of the ones where you were basically in the Matrix. You were like President of the United States, but you were also in the Matrix. Saints Row. Yeah, Saints Row. Um, they were kind of guided a little bit but then you had elements of open world once you once it opened up and allowed you to I'm talking less about that I'm not, the open world has been around for a long time Elder yeah. Scrolls Morrowind was one of my first which was an Xbox original uh, one on a PC game around that time you know early this century um, but what I'm talking around is how it's evolved and where it hmm. is now uh, a classic Ubisoft game was climb the radar tower or um, the, the yeah area, open up the map, find the mini mini map, quest objectives and the chests and the collectibles clear that area, move on. The gameplay itself is has become emergence. Yeah. There's de- definitely like um, they've definitely kind of reached uh, a standard of, of kind of uh, like game streaming and immersion, like the, the load screens have become less of a thing I think over time yeah. with certain exceptions it's the trade off isn't it just like I think it was around the time of Witcher 3 that I noticed like you know you were able to kind of ride across a field enter a town go into a bar and then up into an, a room at the inn seamlessly with hmm. no loading yes you know and yeah. that, that was Quite a quite a lovely feeling that was. Yeah, well, if you take Elder Scrolls as an example, you can go into this town, you can wander the countryside, and that was fairly well stitched together. But the moment you entered a cave, a dungeon, whatever, your load screen comes up. You'll load. spend a while doing this and doing that. Yeah, yeah. The, the yeah. techniques, the refinements, and the power to support it. Um, there've been a, a really n- not a major. The load times less so as a major change, but the. The immersion available yeah. within these games, I would say, well, is uh, well, is vastly better. Well, let me know if I've jumped the gun, but I think we can't sort of 
talk about this or move on from this without mentioning the swan song of it. Even though I haven't played it myself, Ghost of Tsushima. It's a, it's a good example. There's um, random people wandering around, random fights, fairly random encounters, a well-stitched together story system. There's no quest markers, just mm. a gentle wind to guide your way uh, and a series of stories that stitch together. Yeah, It's all about keeping you within that character's world without breaking it from having to bring up menus or a pillar of light beaming into the sky with like a like you said the quest marker and you kind of go well it feels like I'm reading a google map rather than playing a video game yeah or just following the mini map yeah Yeah. Um, whereas this is more like oh I've noticed that's going this way or like I saw in the demo the birds flying heads up displays little things but they've slickened down and they've reduced and reduced and reduced hmm yeah I think Tsushima is a good uh, example of maybe like all the things that have um, comprised the video game and what might be left behind. I mean, I know I was a little bit dismissive when we talked about Ghost of Tsushima first, but... You went back for the platinum, let's face it. It can't have been too bad. Well, it was just a very... It's like they just chiseled away, you know, like there's just like this idea of a video game that you would send out in a space capsule, you know. This is what video game is. (laughs) And it's changed throughout the years to be, you know, a certain thing. Um, and and I feel like, you know, it's a game that you come into with a certain amount of expectations, which mm. all of which are instantly met. <laughs> it, and, and some of which you didn't even ask for, like Fox the load party. times. Or the Fox, Fox parties, indeed. <laughs> or the load times, you know, being ridiculously fast. Yeah. That was a didn't, surprise. It was a nice nice bonus. And, and, and a sign of the times to come, I think, because... We're not going to see load screens now, in mm. theory. Well, I'll be fascinated by that. You know what? Bethesda, Microsoft owned as they are, I reckon they'll still rock a load screen. Yeah. And I'm going to forgive them for it if their games stay, well, stay, improve, uh, you know what I mean. Well, it's if just widening the goalposts. <laughs> it just yeah. means that they'll be able to, if there's a load screen, it means that they're going to basically deliver a Blu-ray's worth of content to you in the next second. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's you fine. Know, there'll that... be some company that will go, oh no, let's not use this like this. We'll just totally like push the, la- the you know, they'll just push it as far as they can, won't they? That's just what happens. I'll tell you what, if that I'll happens, you... that room interior is going to be incredible. <laughs> Like, detail on the cheese rich wheels. Corinthian leather on the seats. <laughs> I was just well, thinking, if there's a way to consume um, a Blu-ray's worth of information in a second, it would have made the Lord of the Rings films far more tolerable to me. So <laughs> <laughs> he did that. I liked it. <laughs> Unlike the films. Well, they were right, but they were just too long, was my point. The, the load time on those things was terrible. The ending load time was long. I like those films, yeah. but I can still take the piss. Um, One other thing too long. on mm. this subject, though, that kind of ties in, but it, this is around the, the memory capabilities and the process. One, They weren't open world, actually. They were both corridor hub-type games, but the, the Shadow of Games introduced something this generation that I thought was superb and I'm excited to see more of. I'm disappointed to have not seen more of already, but the Nemesis system that was brought forth in Shadow of Mordor 
and yeah. enhanced no end in the unfortunately, ultimately slightly disappointing Shadow of War. Um, yeah. But something else. To have these orcs learning and gaining and the intelligence of the game to realise that, oh, if I keep throwing this guy at you and coming up with reasons he didn't actually die despite you seeing, you know, you've chopped this orc's head off once, he's come back with staples around his neck going, hey, he didn't get me last time. And then you set <laughs> yeah. him on fire because he's no longer um, prone to decapitation. And then you set him on fire and he burns to death and he comes back and he's basically this uh, completely earless, fleshless guy with these skin staples around his neck. And he goes, remember me? And then he's beefed up and he kills you. And then you get these yeah. missions to go and kill the beefed-up nightmare that's killed one of your mates, and you can go across it. There was some really lovely stuff there. I felt, mm. I felt that I felt there was a really, real step yeah. up in gameplay to have the game tailor itself to you as you went. And I want, I've, I really am hoping and expecting to see a new Shadow of game, but without the thing Shadow of War introduced. That's one of my pet hates this generation. And that's loot boxes in single-player games. They mm. leveraged it uh, in a sort of Pokemon-type way uh, at, to, to get the microtransactions in there. They threw, but it the was, worst bit is they deliberately threw in a massive end-game grind in a single-player game and then gave uh, you an ability to get through it. But even the trophies on that game were designed to be hidden behind a grind that you're probably going to pay money for just to get your platinum. That, I thought, I was did, unpleasant. I, I did all that battle thing at the end and I didn't get the platinum because I was done by then. Um, um, but I didn't. I also didn't do any microtransactions. I probably could have got through it quicker had I done that, but I was basically, I just had a three-week Christmas break and was like, I'm just going to rinse through this. Well, that was it. I mean, I, I played the game. I completed the game. I didn't complete the end game bit because they had trophy. You'd bring your orcs up to level thirty or something because you're commanding this castle, and there were trophies like have a level, have this many level forty captains equipped with this legendary loot, and you're like, you just want me to buy loot boxes so that I can it, get it's that trophy, bloat, don't isn't you? it? It's artificial yeah. inflation of the game length. So that it's was not... kind of abhorrent, mm. and the outcry was enough that it was patched out, and I took a stand. Um, when Shadow of War came out, because I was so disgusted by the loot boxes that I bought the game and didn't buy any loot boxes and let other people make the moral stand, because it was good fun. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, I've, I've got... I've got uh, I could easily segue into more negative stuff here, but there's a couple of more positive things I'd like to uh, mention about well, this generation. You oh, see, yeah. a little bit of me wants to say segue away simply to have said it, but now I've said it, so let's stay on the positives. Okay. Yep. Uh, so one thing that uh, I noticed uh, has come up a few times in this generation is cross-gen play, or sorry, cross-platform play. So uh, the ability to for people on different platforms to play together. Oh yeah. So, oh, so I mean, it's most <laughs> yeah, cross-play. Yeah. So stuff like Fortnite. I know I didn't really. It's not really a game I've played, but um, I think just breaking down those walls has helped. I think it's been helped a lot by. Microsoft basically becoming uh, a company that doesn't really care whether it's Xbox or PC that you're playing. They're becoming yeah. more agnostic as so long as they got a finger in the pie. Yeah, yeah, yeah they I just think, won't get. Yeah, by default, it kind of made Sony look like the odd one out, and they were reportedly being difficult about it. Well, um, they were, yeah, because no there, were, there were loads of articles with, with development. Yeah, with development companies saying actually it's all ready to go, but just whenever 
they've approached Sony about it. Sony has dug yep. in and said no. Um, yeah. But it makes you wonder what other games would have been if, if it was opened up earlier. Because well, it all tends same... to be these free-to-play ones, but you think a lot of the larger ones... Yeah, I mean, you had Fallout 4, and I think Skyrim, when it came over to the new platforms, it was an Elder Scrolls or some sort, you get the construction kits, and Xbox enabled uh, the published mods to be put across or, or discussed it, uh, but Sony simply wouldn't allow the user-generated content to be made available, and I thought that was quite an interesting one. And I think that yeah. was another one where Bethesda said, yeah, they're ready to play, and that's actually quite interesting because it shows Bethesda at the time had a maybe more open relationship with Microsoft way back when. Mm. Well, it's interesting because um, not this generation, but linked to it, Sega were one of the ones to enable crossplay. Who? Sega, Sega, Who? ages. <laughs> nah, not familiar. Um, basically, with um, <laughs> Fantasy Star Online, a game I've mentioned like in previous podcasts, at one point. You had the Dreamcast version, the GameCube version, and the Xbox version, all working on the same server. Ooh. Um, yeah, it has happened before. It was it was it was, it was akin to a religious experience because you had Xbox only sort of like gear and stuff, and you knew that the Xbox players were on there, and it was it was it was crazy. I mean, that was literally as the Dreamcast was fading from mainstream view, but that was a game. I mean, I'm interested in playing in getting PSO too. But that was a game that introduced me to the idea of the MMORPG, which I think mm. is something else that took off this console generation a bit further. Um, so? Because of the added power and everything else. I must say, because I've never really been involved with that world, if you see what I mean. Yeah. I, I, I dabbled years ago, but I found that I just preferred. I, I find as it a way depends on the type one. of. I think it depends on the type of game. If yeah. it's something where you have to do a lot of faff, then I won't bother. If it's something you can jump in, you don't necessarily need to communicate to everyone else or necessarily have to have a chat option. You can jump mm. in, you can create a squad, go in, clear out like an open world dungeon, uh, fight a sub-boss, and people can jump in and jump out. Then it's quick, which I think is why Monster Hunter World grabbed me. Because even yeah. though that's got a... a a learning curve which starts off okay and then goes a bit Mount Everest. It's the idea that I've been playing with Korean, Japanese people, and you could tell by the names and the language and stuff that yeah. comes up, and we've never had to communicate. There's always just been like odd little stickers you can throw up, like a character doing a thumbs up when yeah. someone's like flashed the monster and brought them down, and everyone knows what to do. And if they don't know what to do, they kind of show you and stuff. It, it's one of the best online communities i've seen in game but also a little bit crazy on reddit but that's reddit (laughs) but it's just i think that's what's kept me going and i think when you find i think a lot of people got pulled in with final fantasy 14 that was the game that got them because that that had an online community that was very similar where people would just go in and help other people you'd get these and the same with fantasy online you would get these really high level players that were just it was almost like something out of an anime. You'd be like struggling to do this dungeon and this level 99 or 999 character would just rock up with something you've never seen before and absolutely lay waste to everything and yeah. almost carry you through it. And you're like, oh my God, that place is amazing. And then they'll kind of like drop some money or something for you to help you out on your journey and then go. 
and it's that kind of the nice side of MMORPGs that I think mm-hmm. that I've seen more of in this generation. Cool. I must say, one of my, one of my things, and this is a silly little thing, um, and very much more relation to single-player games almost entirely, actually. I think it's available on the Xbox, so it's going to have a very similar function, but that's a suspend-resume gameplay. The ability to chuck my PlayStation on standby, it goes into low-power, hibernation state, fire it back up, not need to reload the game, but mm. essentially, within a few seconds of firing it up, I'm back in the game and playing. Yeah, And I just think that's something that was super exciting a few years ago that we now take for granted. But I remember when the PlayStation 4 came out and it was announced that it would be a feature and then it was announced that it wasn't a day one feature. And when it came in, it was an epiphany. Hmm. Just the ability, particularly with games like Ghost of Tsushima or Assassin's Creed or over all of that stuff, to fire it up and then go through the load screens, then find your save game, then load that, and then finally, five minutes later, having turned the machine on, be ready to play compared to... Just turning on and going. Yeah. That was big to Yeah. Me. I think the new ones are going to be able to support multiple games like that. Yeah, that won't work. That, I, I won't. I'm sure it works for some people. They might have a multiplayer game going that's essentially loaded to just hop in for a quick game and then maybe go back to oh. their single player. I can't play two games at a time. I'm too old. I'd, I'd rather, <laughs> knowingly, obviously, knowing how computers work, I'd rather that sort of, you know, active memory be used to one game that I like rather than split across many. I just, I, I just feel as though there will be some sort of, some sort of cost to having. I'm, like wondering, four games. I'm wondering if it's not about having it in; it's just the sheer amount of time it takes to fire up a game. You think about these load time savings we're yeah. hearing about the PS5. Maybe it's just a case of how quickly you can black between them. Could it be that? I think that's what they're aiming for. I, I mean, when you think about how long all these games are and that they're all literally coming out on the same day, this is ideal for me. It means yeah. I can literally play five minutes of one game, then swap to another one and play them all at the same time. Rob, you never play five of minutes of one game. <laughs> Do you imagine you've just remembered how to jump again and then that button's been rebound and you punch your horse. Don't punch the horse again, Rob. But it, it'll be like brilliant for like... People with low attention spans, like they play Dark Souls and go, oh no, I died again. Oh, I'll play something else. Boop, and now you're playing Cyberpunk. That's how I play played that Dark Souls, to be honest. I, I, I've bought several of them or had them on PlayStation Plus and I've rarely managed to stay like, a few deaths. I'm just like, oh, you know what? Fuck this. <laughs> I just, just have Demon Souls like in, in on a on constantly on suspend. And then I'll At the like, moment, go, just oh, before God. this big I'll just give that boss. a little go. Die. I paid okay, £70 it, pounds for this. It's got to be worth keep carrying on with, surely. Well, obviously, it will, last me, it will last me for the rest of my life. Money. <laughs> That's good value there. That is, yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, speaking about lots and lots of games, I guess one of the crowning achievements of this generation would have to be Microsoft's Game Pass that we have already mentioned several times and keep mentioning. Um just, uh, I think that they're really on something there, and they're well, they're using it as their. I mean, it's almost like a next gen thing, really, because they're pretty much betting the farm on it. Um, but it's been it's been developing slowly, yeah. building. In yeah, I think quality. where they're taking it is is a different direction to what Sony doing PlayStation now. PlayStation now is not actually a bad service for an instant games collection, uh, but Game Pass is 
hands down the superior product, as far as I can tell. It's still, uh, PlayStation's approach is still very much about championing their own first party stuff, um, which is pretty high quality. Their first Uh, party stuff makes it onto PlayStation now, a few months down the line. At the point, it's been cheap a few (laughs) times in the sales, it turns up on now. So if you're not in a rush, you get to actually hammer through all of their classics. But Microsoft are giving you the latest games straight away. And that's different. Yeah. Yeah. From a wider uh, kind of range as well, like of of developers. And I mean, it helps now that they've also. As long as they continue buying so many, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But they really are putting their, you know, getting their cock out and sorting that out, aren't they? (laughs) Waving it in Sony's face, going, yeah. 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 Think of this beauty. I still, I don't know, you know, I mean, I know the history of all those developers and so what Bethesda have got. Sorry, going into that just reminded me why I'm banned from the local library. But anyway, sorry, what were you saying, Rob? <laughs> Waving your Xbox no, around. I, mean, I know <laughs> that they've, I know that they've uh, got incredible cachet like Bethesda with like PC gamers and stuff historically and all that. And I know we've probably spoken about oh. this before, but I still, I still think Sony have kind of got the edge there with their exclusives. It depends, though. I mean, it purely depends. I mean, Microsoft are basically the Ford motor car company. They mm. they bring out some gems, but they're a good staple brand, and you can almost not go wrong with them. Whereas Sony are positioning themselves as kind of like the supercar, almost hypercar market, where a lot of their titles are these blistering gems of creation. What do you think of Wolfenstein 2, guys? Didn't play it. Haven't played it. <laughs> Freaking amazing! I've, I've actually just played uh, Wolfenstein: The Old Blood, and I restarted the, then the, the Wolfenstein reboot, and I realised how damn good these games are. And Bethesda don't just make Skyrim and Fallout; no. they made the Wolfenstein, the Doom reboots. Oh yeah, uh, Rage Two, which I particularly enjoyed, was my game of the year. In a See, I don't play. Year. I don't but, play any of these games. But that's the thing: Microsoft know what they're doing when they bought them. People yeah. think just Skyrim and old games, but no, it's the potential for new things. And like you said, Doom is doing really well. And they now own those guys. So that whole idea of the fast-paced action and everything, that's something they've got access to. And who's to say they can't put together a super group from the various studios to produce something as a a kind of first party? If Arcane bring out Dishonored 3 and my choices are upgrading my PC because my current one isn't up to it, or just getting an xbox to be able to play that stuff on i would have to give it serious thought yeah i know i'm with you there completely like um but i just yeah i there's just nothing there's not a lot that that tempts me over but that that's way what i mean that's why i was using my weird analogy which obviously bored the hell out of will because <laughs> no no because because that's the thing a lot of people it's like you know i'll buy something oh they do a mustang i'll grab that that's pretty cool for a ford product um, I'm not going to spend whatever X amount of money on like a Ferrari, even though it is clearly the superior product. Oh, I don't know. You know, so, I no, but I mean, you know, Ferrari, there, so there are some Sony titles bald. that you just think, how the hell has this been made? This is just like amazing. I feel like Sony. I'm not only playing a game, I'm witnessing a piece of media entertainment that's going into my eyeballs and I can interact with it directly. 
Yeah, well, um, no, Xbox aren't trying to play Sony at their own game, though. No, no, that's what I we, mean. We, we love a big, open-world, single-player, storytelling, epic masterpiece, and that's what Sony do really well. But what Microsoft have bought are developers that do stuff outside of that. They do the slickest... They've got ID software and machine games oh, who do the most awesome first-person shooters. Do you know who I think yeah, they have to thank? True. I think they have to thank Nintendo. Because everyone Why? slagged off Nintendo at the start of that generation... Doing their for thing. doing their own thing mm. and Nintendo have survived because they do their own thing so Microsoft have realised we can't go to direct war with Playstation yeah, having exactly the down. same games and all that we need to we- offer something different we need to find our own way of doing video games be it the- money um, and just offer that so if you're not playing the latest and greatest from Sony if you can be tempted with like the Game Pass and everything else, and a console that isn't quite as expensive as a backup, doesn't matter if it's your second console, or if you come to them eventually, you've still bought from Microsoft, and they still made a sale. But and they still have someone else in their ecosphere. So it's they might not be going for the granddaddio, they will be for some, but by having that Xbox S as well, whatever, XS, NXS, whatever it's called, um... The they've also set themselves the up as series, a, I believe, yeah, the next generation. They've, they've the set themselves sense. up as the second alternative. But I, I, I disagree. That what I would say, if you look at the US market, they love an FPS, right? Yeah. By buying Bethesda, who do a damn good um, Western RPG, they've also bought some of the best FPS companies in the in the you know in the in the world in the market. Um, the the US market, particularly. Plus an SPS, FPS to COD players, yeah. Battlefield players. COD's um, still massive. I mean, you yeah. can take the piss, but it is a massive market. Mm. Anyway, sorry, we're, 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 yeah. we're going quite heavily on the Bethesda thing. Right, all that is good about the generation. Have we got any other good things, or should we start slagging off the nastiness? Yeah, let's just uh, let's start uh, moaning. I don't know, I think like, jumping into laying yeah. the way for early 4K was a good one as well. Yes, um, 4K gaming has become an expectation. Yeah. yeah. They could have rested on 1080p. I mean, you look at the yeah, new consoles, had... they send their 8K ready. Oh, we don't need 8K. No. I said the same about 4K, to be fair. So. Yeah, we had, that, we had that mid-generation kind of jump, didn't we, where mm. they stopped... Well, basically, Sony wanted to sell some 4K tellies, yeah. so they made a super-duper 4K version of the PlayStation 4. And I, I don't know, were they first or was Xbox first? Um, Sony came out first, but I think Sony may have the announced Xbox the capability first. S has HDR, but I don't think it's full 4K. I don't know. It's got, it's got to be 4K. Yeah, yeah, that's true, came, yeah. yeah, the Pro came out. Pro came out before the One X. Is it the One X or is it no? Yeah. But there was the S, the series, the S one, the white yeah, so, one, yeah, the which S- came off after the Xbox. Oh, so the Xbox yeah, that one. was like their. Then the Xbox One S. <laughs> Ring model. What came after the PS3? Was it the PS4? Or the... No, oh. 19. <laughs> oh, Microsoft, you mad, mad bastards. But that's the thing. I think they've got stuck on the names because they did the Xbox One, then they did the One S, then they did the um, ser- the Xbox One X. And now they've done the Xbox Series X, then Series S. I think they just have a load of Xbox LSD. Seriously? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's a bit crazy, but, you know, God bless them. 
Yeah, they both come out on the same day. Really? Yep. Holy cow. Oh, well, no, the hang on. The S and the Pro, the one X no, came out after. What was, what was the one that came out that was the was the competitor to the PlayStation 4 Pro? The One X. The One X was no. the later one that came out. The Pro was already out. Oh, so, oh, no, Xbox Series X is coming out 10th of November. So Xbox One X. See, so Rob does a video Rob, Rob, game you've podcast. Got, you've got the confused. Xbox One, which was the basic model, Yeah, but this, the is, base this model, is just absolute one. pain in the arse, I know. this is. You've got yeah. This is why they've sold more. Um, Back away from the conversation. <laughs> yeah, Rob, you've got the Xbox One, which was the base model, the sideways right, one. I've, got, like I've a, got I've got a spreadsheet now. I've got a spreadsheet. They had the One S. The One it's S. Fine. Was the, Rob, it's the white one, the white console that is a mini Xbox One. That's the Xbox One S. PlayStation Four Pro came out on the. First Here we day go. of Christmas. No. Sem- was a cape launched on was November 2015? the 10th, 2016. Okay. Xbox One X came out almost a year later. Yeah. What about so this? I was I was correct. I just wanted to check that I was right about that it was Sony that wanted to sell some 4K TVs, and that's why it existed. Yeah, the One S came out because um, the mid-gen refresh was kicked off by Sony. Microsoft didn't have time to catch up with the One X, but then they managed to put out a more powerful console because they had the time to do it. So it was yeah. interesting. So mid-generation refresh actually is a, I don't know if it's a good or a bad or simply a thing. Well, we already mentioned oh, microtransactions, so we don't need to talk about that anymore. No, no, I've got one more good thing. Ooh. Oh, okay. One more good thing. The ability to play your game saves in more than one location. The end of the DRM stuff that was the bane of the PS3 generation. I'll go with that. I found it useful. I was rocking two PlayStations, one upstairs, one downstairs. I had my living room PlayStation when the kids weren't around. But if I needed to go and play PlayStation upstairs because toddlers get upset by all the blood and gore and stuff... um, I could just make sure I had my cloud save yep. and go upstairs, not having and, to do and, some sort yeah. of memory card switch. So that was cool. The return of the second-hand market kind of thing, the idea of being able to share games and, you know, your game save and your game not being tied to your console so much and all that sort of stuff. That was nice to see Sony kind of take a step back from that because that really hurt me in the previous generation. I I did feel betrayed. <laughs> I was one of those butthurt Sony fans. Actually, but. another cool thing, um, I didn't actually use it an awful lot myself, was the um, the digital copies. You could have a primary and a secondary machine, so you could have multiple copies on the same machine, a multiplayer over the two, which mm. I thought was quite cool as well. It was a, only a little thing, but uh, I liked that. Yeah, no, that was good. That's what I've been using. <laughs> right. Is it moan time? Yeah. Yeah, can do. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's, there's positives and minuses to the way that it's gone, but... Um, I was I was a little bit peeved over the whole trend of game games as a service, um, which kind of takes uh, carries on from microtransactions. I mean, the positives about it: less games, which I'm <laughs> I, which I'm quite uh, happy about. Really, I mean, there were too many games. There still are too many games, um, but uh, games as a service, stuff like Destiny. I mean, stuff like Destiny's fine. Stuff that's conceived that way from the beginning, and when there wasn't so much of it, mm. um, Fortnite as well, you mm. know, massively. I mean, that's Fortnite has massively reduced the need for for video games. Generally, I think, um, 
any yeah, other the video constantly games. Constantly changing the constantly updated game to bring people back. So I see where you're coming from. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. But but yeah, it does mean that uh, there was a danger. There's the, the downside of that is that things like Avengers were massively compromised with that model because if you want to play Thor, you want to play. Thor, not some shit version of Thor that you've got to yeah. upgrade to turn into Thor. Yeah. Or a version yes. of Hulk that is constantly upgraded with fuck all because he's the Hulk and that's it. Yeah. I must admit, normally, <laughs> before Marvel's Avengers came out, if you'd Googled grind and Thor, which I can't recommend, <laughs> right? You wouldn't well, have just found commentaries on the games. I, I, actually, I don't dare. Google it when I think about it, but I, I, I think I know what I might find. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, well, an interesting thing. And, and so at the start of the generation for the game as a service, what we'd actually seen was was the, almost the entire demise of the AA game. It was AAA or nothing. And then the Indies yeah. came back. And what we've actually seen is the rise from indie, I would say, back towards the AA games. You look at uh, things like Wasteland and the Outer Worlds um, mm. and uh, things around that level. They're not the super polished. Larian have come and found their place. Yeah. I kind of wonder if they, um, if there's a relationship between the reduction in AAA and the additional effort required on those combined with the other studios putting their attention on the, the games as a service, which has actually opened up the market for the mm. more polished independent game, which is what you might call the AA titles. So maybe well, the rough comes with a smooth or vice versa. It's definitely changed the landscape and, and it's, it's gobbled up a lot of studios in the, in, the way, in the same way, you know, because that's why I was always kind of flying the flag for Avengers to be good because, you know, that came out instead of like, I don't know, lots of Deus Ex and Tomb Raider games. True. You know? We probably yeah. would have had four to a couple of games apiece in each of those franchises <laughs> yeah. in the time they spent dicking around with that fucking tur- turkey of a game. Or maybe just a decent single-player or basic multiplayer Avengers game that had a beginning and an end and a story. Yeah. Yeah, why don't, they could have made two different games, two different yeah. Avengers games. They, One, they could have had an online is, mode that had all of the nonsense that people were doing in that game, just like a almost a bit like a COD game, I hate to say it, but a COD game with its single-player campaign storyline that's really good, and you don't need yeah. to do anything else with it. But there would and, be a lot of teenage, early 20s boys and girls out there who sit down with their mates and they just grind through Avengers whilst chatting away. And it's what yeah. they do on a Friday night, right? Because it's not to our tastes as miserable old gits, and I will speak to all of us when I say this. I've, yeah. <laughs> Mate, I just think it's a real shame, really. It's a vehicle for money. I'm not a big fan of the Fast and Furious films, but some bastard buys them. <laughs> I didn't oh, yeah. enjoy them. I got horribly admit. <laughs> <laughs> I sat down and marathoned them all one even one well one hour one day, um, with like a couple of beers. I, I kind of went into full jock mode. I watched the first of, uh, <laughs> one when it came. Out. But that's that's a series that has pivoted. My God, I mean, I I didn't catch up with them until I realised what they had turned into. I, which was just mindless action for oh, look, look, Maybe, maybe that was a bad example, but actually, mindless oh, action I'll tell you does what, seem I'll to tell you, work. No, actually, you're right. I tell you what, Hobson Shaw is the Marvel. Marvel Avengers game we deserved. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what yeah, that means, but that's quite fun. <laughs> cool. 
Cool. Anyone got uh, anything else? I know uh, games as a service is quite a big topic, uh, but uh, I'm uh, happy to oh, move on. Actually, no, because it's it's what happens all the time. I was going to say things like Anthem and stuff, where you get games the trailer, as a service. The game that comes out isn't the game that is released. You know, yeah, we've, the whole we've always game seen that. We've thing, but that's been going since service. the dawn of time. Yeah. It's games as a service. But yeah, Anthem was part of the, yeah, I would agree. But I mean, there, there was also been cancellations and failures mm. and flops and bad execution of otherwise good ideas. And that is simply life of the generation. But I'd say it's oh. been a good generation, right? Are we are we ending the generational talk now or are we carrying Not on? if you have something more to say. Cool. Well, I just, uh, one thing that I have noticed... Um, yeah, the service thing as well. The Battle Royale was definitely something that kicked oh, off more. That's, yeah, I would say the Battle Royale trend is an absolute thing of this generation. It's, You're right. It's to the huge. point where it got it's, built in Fallout and got built in Call of Duty. And it yeah. got built in Tetris. Yeah. yeah. For the love of God. Tetris 99, although Tetris 99 is crazy. But it resulted <laughs> in one of the most fun, ridiculous... Um, Takeshi's Castle tributes ever. Yeah. So yeah. maybe it's not all bad. Four guys. Yeah. But it's definitely I think, a trend. I think that, was de- that was definitely an E3 prediction of mine, was that we were going to get Battle Royale fucking everything. <laughs> I must have been. You said Fallout did. Battle Royale and you actually got it right. Terrifyingly. Yeah. I know that was a limited number, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they needed to do something with that, didn't they? Um, yeah, what they it did actually made any lower, difference. No, no, it did. I mean, what they what it managed to do was lower their share price enough that Microsoft could afford them. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Actually, yeah. So you that wonder, probably was there? That probably is. We've got Fallout seventy six to thank for what that. Was it then. Don Metric or something? Do you wonder if Bethesda took him on as an advisor? You know, Mister Genius PS One Lord. Do you say, you know, what we should do, guys? We should do an online Fallout. Ah! <laughs> Yeah, and if it's no good, we'll just buy them. Yeah. <laughs> what we need is Bethesda, but just not as good. Not as high, uh, you know, share price. Yeah, Bethesda. Let's tank them. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Um, the only other thing I wanted to mention is uh, cloud gaming, because uh, that's been a thing. No, um, it hasn't. Yeah. Well, it's it's tried to it's be a starting. thing. I wouldn't call it a thing from this generation. I would call it a thing in its infancy that I see as next generation still. It could possibly be the generation after this is basically what cloud gaming is. It's well, kind of head- you're talking or yeah, are you talking? If yeah. They ever- yeah, PS6 uh, maybe, or maybe even before that, um, as I these things we- launch. Yeah, I think we're going to see two to three years it gets serious. So I think uh, Amazon threw their was it Amazon threw their hat in the ring. Although they then recently cancelled their big headline game that released and launched officially as a free-to-play and then went into closed beta and now they've just said, yeah, it's dead. Um, oh. So yeah, Amazon, I, did hear I don't see as a competitor that. in the gaming world. Watch this space for how wrong I am. I yeah. would love for PS6 to actually be like the return of the IBO. I just want to know what the Microsoft console is going to be called. It's going to be called the Xbox One X. X, 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 Xbox X. 361 Xbox. No. You heard it here first. Is this going to be called X? <laughs> yeah, they'll probably get to that point. Um, yeah, no, that was the only thing I, ha- I I wanted to mention, just the fact that, yeah, we've got uh, Stadia is trying to be a thing, but uh, Microsoft is combating that with Game Pass because that 
is too much of a good value proposition. Sorry, what, what, was, that? Fact, what, was, the, what was the memorable renaming of the Xbox? We discussed it in the last episode. Uh, I'm sure you oh, should remember it. The, the memorable renaming Xbox, of the Xbox iCloud playing games in the clouds with Game Xbox Pass Ultimate. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I think you got uh, it. That's the one. Yeah, nailed it. Um, yeah, no, just today though, uh, uh, Matt told me, oh yeah, if you if you buy this free game on Epic Game Store, you get a ten pound voucher. And then I was like, brilliant. So what am I going to use the ten pound voucher on? I wonder <laughs> if they've got Gears Tactics. That's a, Gears is by Epic, isn't it? Fucking have they? No. Go on Game Pass. <laughs> download download gears tactics it's like mate don't you think microsoft it. are gonna let gears go you mean gears of war isn't it yeah i know it's more of a microsoft gears, game than gears of war game, is something they're gonna keep close to their nuts mm. <laughs> well they don't, they're not exactly swimming in well, original ip are they no so. but whilst xbox are swinging their dick around the two balls underneath are going to be halo and gears and that's it. Oh, I've got this, me- oh, this mental image of this massive um, genital Newton's cradle going on now. <laughs> so, for those that haven't got the video, just try and imagine one hand moving, connecting oh with the other, the next God. hand moving. But there's a note to finish on, right? Oh. oh, definitely. Thanks for listening to the Not Playing Podcast, part of the Not Listening Podcast Network where you can also find the Not Watching podcast, where me and Marcus talk about movies and TV, and the Not Listening podcast, where you can hear Adam, Ash and Will talk about all kinds of nonsensical nonsense. You can email us at notplayingpodcast at gmail.com, or you can tweet out or follow us on Twitter at notplayingpod. You can find the show notes for all our shows at notlistening.co.uk, and if you like what you've heard there, please do leave us a review. Anyway, that's all for now. Until next time... Stay safe out there. But to agree, cause I suck. I suck at Call of Duty. There's no hope for me. I suck at Call of Duty. I suck at Call of Duty. For the PlayStation 4 Pro, yeah. yeah. That's when and I got the Xbox mine. I, one, I got it on release date. The Xbox One S with 4K HDR and all that came out in 2016. Because I'm looking at an article saying the anticipated new X1, new designed Xbox One S starts hitting shelves today. So, yeah, but that was so, just a small model. That was just a small Yeah, but no, version. but it was a smaller model, but they added 4K and HDR to it, which the original yeah, model but, didn't have. I had the outputs, so, but it didn't have the capabilities. So, so Microsoft c- released three versions of this generation's console. Then, yes, yeah. The X was near the end. Fuck's sake! Because we do the X, the Xbox One X came out when we thought PS Five was going to be announced in the last E three or the one before that. Oh, I never ever thought that was being announced. <gasps> right. So that's the good <laughs> things this generation. <laughs> God, I know Microsoft really, were teasing. No, Microsoft were teasing a a new console that everyone thought was going to be the next generation one, but it wasn't. It was just another incremental. It was a beefed up one. Yeah, we've we've got the biggest cock fucking yeah. console. It was it was to beat it was to beat the pro. But they the didn't have any games, so that it was didn't it. matter. <laughs> <laughs>
No, but that's the thing. It so was to I be, still did It was to make one. sure. It was to make sure that Xbox left this generation with the world's most powerful console. That was the reason why Project Scarlet or the One X existed. That what was we're it. Digging, what we're establishing here is that a lot of things Rob didn't pay much attention to because it was annoying as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. We've established... No, but that, that was a thing. There was a thing. Things. There was a thing. Okay. What happened was they released multiple versions of these consoles. Microsoft needed to do it more times than Sony did. There yes. And it made Rob do us sad. <laughs> no, it just proves without a doubt that I'm backing the right horse here. I don't know, but then Sony didn't necessarily bring out a different version of their console. They brought out multiple iterations and upgrades what? I got the they brought out two consoles Marcus Soft, yeah but software updates they put hardware the PlayStation changes. 4 and the PlayStation 4 Pro yeah I got I got the later version of the Pro with the quieter fan yeah but same here did, did they even do it did they did they yeah but did they even do there's like been there's refit? actually been three versions of the Pro in terms of hardware same box it's probably the base one but different hardware just to try and prices. solve the overheating issue yeah, but not a major like marketing. Oh no, no, they're all stealth the launches. Model. Yeah, all stealth launches. But there's been three versions of the pro. They're not launches. They're just like revisions, because like well, certain no, hardware they, they goes kind out. Of were of because they were all released with a bundle, which is why you had the red. Everyone was after the Red Dead bundle because that was the latest version of the pro, and that was the one I got. So they weren't launched with song and dance. They were launched with kissy kissy in the cupboard, in the dark. <laughs> I think you're just yeah. I think no, no, that's no. overcomplicated. Trust me, when I researched this, I was shocked. I did the exact right. same thing you you're doing now. I know you researched it because I remember you talking about it, but I really, I mean, what? Okay, let me let me do the, let me do the quick version, right? Xbox launched a console way back at the start of the generation. Yep. Around the time the Pro came out, they did the Xbox One S, which had some additional ports and a handful of additional capabilities, but no real additional pumps. And a year yep. later, they put out a more powerful version as well. Whereas Sony yep. just put out one and the more powerful version. Awesome. Yep. Sorted. Did I? Let's move on. Let's talk about bad things, because that was one of the okay. good things, presumably. Bad things. Xbox brought out free memories. No, no, no. <laughs> um. And there's a note to finish on, right? Oh. Oh, definitely on that big. Well, that's the new. That's the new console now. The X Scrotum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, Xbox. maybe. <laughs> yeah, no. All right then. So, yeah. Until next time. Um, I'm not sure. I've 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 still got a PS5 pre-order. I don't know. I don't think you have any more. Do you, Will? Due to a household crisis, my pre-order may be for next year. However, uh, that will not stop me ordering Assassin's Watchdog Legion Punk. Or something like that at some point. So I'll have something yeah, to talk yeah. about. That that yeah. will all be uh, that will all be upgradable on the next platform whenever you get round to it. Anyway, so that's the plan. I've yeah. got to decide which one I am least bothered about playing on the shiniest, most hardcore possible technology, and buy that one. I think it's probably Watch Dogs. I was going to say Watch Dogs. I think Legion. it will be, and I think to be honest, that's a game that I'm probably going to beat. That's the least uh, in my uh, crosshairs at the moment. So, I think it'll uh, see me past Christmas, and hopefully it'll be at the point where I've had the oil tanks replaced, um, and <laughs> I, my central heating works again without a uh, an emergency workaround, and I can afford a console without feeling uh, the wife looking at me. Yeah, no, <laughs> through fair play, the walls. Fair play. 
<laughs> I mean, she's looking at me now as I think about it. She can feel me thinking about buying another console. So I think I better wait. Have you actually cancelled it yet? Yeah. I cancelled oh. it on my 40th birthday. Oh, oh man. <laughs> Happy birthday. That's like the saddest you. thing I've ever heard. Yeah. You as, should have as, just gone through it anyway and hawked it on eBay. And then that I, would have paid for your fucking repairs. As, as, I, as I got home from my birthday lunch, we'd had an oil delivery, heating oil, got back, heating oil pissing around. For my for the evening of my 40th birthday, whilst the wife dealt with the emergency plumbers, I manned up hard and uh, basically sat in the living room reading a book, sipping beer and trying to pretend that everything was fine while I cancelled my pre-order. Yeah, you could have... You could have actually, <laughs> oh, is it only one per person? Or a I, maximum? Yes, yes, it is. And I could have been a shit. And I could have bought it and I could have sold it on. But no, but if it was more than one, you could have just got someone pre-ordered two of them. Hawk one, that will pay for your repairs, and then yeah, it's not me though. So it's, it was someone else. Yeah. I'm certain it's someone else. But no, I, I would have just it. been. I'm certain I, I could that's... have sold it for a profit, but it's not me. I tell you what, you <laughs> need to buy like a, a large router and stretch it out a bit, and, then <laughs> and put that <laughs> and put that on eBay. I, I will get to the point where I'm ready to buy it, and next year I'll get the one with the slightly revised hardware that doesn't melt. With the D. It's bound to. Yeah. I mean, everyone number. does say don't buy the day one console, right? That's where the red ring of death and all that stuff comes in. So, actually, I'm just being clever by doing that, honestly. Nothing See, to I, do I with reckon this won't have the red ring of death. Tank. I reckon the way it looks, it'll have the red eye of Sauron. Just floating above the console and just sort of burning into your wallet and your soul. <laughs> All of your games <laughs> will just magically wallet, yeah. appear <laughs> on there and your money will just drop through the floor. Sounds about right. <laughs> I think we'll I'm have... just going to fade this episode out. <laughs> we're, we're never going to stop, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, could, we could fade out with like Xbox One X names. <laughs> Xbox One One X X One 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 X 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 One One Yeah, there's your fade out. If you love to be remembered as the person who gives the best birthday gifts, I'm here to tell you that one eight hundred flowers dot com is your ultimate birthday gifting destination. 1-800-Flowers has thoughtful and artfully created options that are guaranteed to deliver the best birthday surprise. Shop thousands of unique gifts at 1-800-Flowers.com for exclusive offers and great values. To order today, visit 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in.